Yeah, we're talking about it again. All right, welcome, welcome back, Sins of Chill Town. Now, I know, I know we said last episode we were going to try not to spend too much time on this because we knew it wasn't everybody's forte, but uh, unfortunately an audible had to be called this week, and we're going to be talking about uh, what we kind of picked up where we left off on um, last week's episode. We got Corbin back here via Zoom, um, but we're hoping to get him in the building here pretty soon. We told people that we weren't going to talk about this too often because it may not be everybody's forte or interest. But mm-hmm. in lieu of what took place, I would say about a week ago, pretty gnarly uh, injury with the whole Conor McGregor injury, mm-hmm. which like kind of shocked me when I saw it. But it really got me thinking of like, uh, based on like what, what we we talked about last week, how one is taken a little bit more serious than the other as far as like who does more as far as like fighting styles and like injuries and stuff like that it got me thinking about like how 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 do injuries compare between an mma fighter and like a professional wrestler because Mm -hmm. obviously it's both physical context i think we agreed that we would both not last in those worlds Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just wanted to kind of i i'll be honest and just say it on the pod here Um, i actually have a list i have five injuries that were actually seen on live television and kind of just talk about it. I know you kind of have a couple. So mm-hmm. do you have one that's on the top of your head? Yeah. So I'd say one of, one of the worst that, I mean, all the ones I'm talking about were on live television as well, yeah. but um, basically what the, the fight this past weekend kind of harkened back to, which was, which we talked about it last, uh, last time as well. The, uh, the famous Anderson Silva leg break. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, we, I talked a little bit about that last week. But, yeah, it was um, – man, it, if you – so I, I wasn't a fan back then, but I've obviously, like, gone back and, and watched the fight and stuff. But if you listen, you can, you can just hear it. And, like, he uh, – Anderson Silva, like, threw a kick, and um, Chris Weidman checked it. This was their second fight, their rematch. Um, and – yeah, just immediately his uh, his tibia and fibula like snapped in half, and like his leg just like wrapped, wrapped around. around. It's like yeah, and it's just like the sight of that and the sound of that, and then he immediately like fell uh, down and was like in agony. And um, yeah. yeah, I'd say that that's one of the worst. It wasn't like it was graphic in its own way. Like it wasn't like blood and like right. I don't know, but it was like something that's normally straight is like bent. And so it's yeah. like, yeah. It's, and like most of those leg injuries, they like try to put weight on it because their momentum while they're falling. So it just looks even worse. Yeah. They're just, their foot just like turns yeah. to the side and yeah. Can't even imagine yeah. It's, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like I would say MA injuries are not too far in between like, it takes several for them to happen. At, at least that gruesome. Cause I don't have, I, none of mine are like super, super gruesome, mm-hmm. but uh, I will say in, well, I guess because in, in wrestling or professional wrestling, um, usually when it's a, an injury that at that severity, they'll stop the match completely. Mm-hmm. But I have several here that when it happened, the match continued mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, these guys are entertainers and a yeah. lot of them have like, finish the show mentality like you know the show must go on the show must go on. Yeah. yeah so my yeah. the first one actually i was going to talk about to kind of ease ourselves into this was i'm gonna drop some names here but hopefully they're like famous enough that people will, casual fans will know uh do you know a wrestler named randy orton mm-hmm. okay rko so, out yeah, of nowhere RKO right? out of nowhere if you <laughs> yeah. don't know it youtube it it's I've been memed everywhere all right, mm-hmm. so this took place, and I got dates, too. I came prepared for this one. I made sure oh, to make you look bad on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me, baby. <laughs> it was on a pay-per-view, so people actually paid to view this. Mm. Uh, it was called One Night Stand in 2008. So to kind of set up the stage even a little bit better is Randy Orton, his shoulders have always been a problem with him in his wrestling career. He's always had shoulder problems. And in this particular uh, match, 
it, it was an extreme rules match, right? So, like, it was, like, chairs, tables, wires, all these different things. And there's a spot where he goes for an RKO, and his opponent literally throws him from, from inside the ring to the outside mm. and has nothing to cushion his fall but the thin mat on the ground, and he lands right on his shoulder. And the camera slowly pans on him at, like, the perfect time where he's grabbing his collarbone, and he mouths, I think I just broke my collarbone. <laughs> and um, in wrestling, we, we didn't even we didn't get too much in injuries last episode, but in wrestling, they have uh, signals from, like, the front, from people in the back to people in the show. And, mm-hmm. the, and one of the most, like, infamous uh, signals to, to let them know that, you know, this, is when, this wasn't part of the show, this is real, is the refs will throw an X. And that's, that's to kind of let the people in the back know, like, hey, we're going to either wrap something up, we need medical te- attention, and it's very rare that you'll see it on screen because you don't want it to, like, lessen the severity of the X symbol. Yeah. Because if you do it on TV for, like, a story, people are not going to take it very serious. Yeah. And in this one, you really do see a, a rare on-screen X. The ref throws up the X really high. Oh, the ref do it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Sometimes it's rare that the wrestlers will because in their mind it's like we gotta keep like we have to keep wrestling. We have to keep the show going on. Yeah. So it's been only a few times. It's actually very frowned upon if you stop the match for injury sakes. Hmm. Like as long as that body part is still attached to your body, like you're gonna continue the match. And we're gonna talk <laughs> about something here that I thought were, were really funny. Um, so he you know, the ref throws up the X. And what's funny is that his his uh, his opponent was a guy named Triple H, and it was a pay per view. You know, it was for the championship. So like, it, they made a joke about it. It's like he thought like it's pay per view, not like this. He picks him up, throws him to like a wall, shoulder first, and then hits him with a sledgehammer, and then lets the match end. Like it was so like <laughs> unnecessarily violent towards the end. After oh he, like millions of people saw Randy Orton mouth. I think I just broke my collar, bro. <laughs> and he did. He was out for like four months. Dang. Uh, yeah. So that was one of the first times that I like saw it, I guess. Not, not one, but like, I think I was more of a serious wrestler than a casual fan at that serious wrestling fan. I wasn't a wrestler back then. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was just funny. And it was kind of like, now that I'm an older fan, I like watching. I know this is kind of like, morbid but i'll watch to kind of see where the hiccups are and to sure. see if somebody's like really hurt or like and you know what to look for now yeah I'm sure. especially now yeah yeah i mean, and i'm sure like to like the the hardcore fans who like can tell just like what you're saying like i'm sure you know even like continuing with an injury like that makes it more entertaining oh, yeah. for them just you know it draws you in it's yeah. like yeah i'm sure it like raises the stakes uh-huh. Yeah, uh, something that, like, I feel like injuries in MMA are pretty common, um, but there is, like, a difference. Like, there's there's some injuries that the match can still go on, basically because the doctor or the referee can't detect it. Right. And so if it's, like, um, there was a fight, uh, Macy Barber versus uh, Roxanne Modafferi, and, uh, and she had, like basically torn her knee, like her ACL or something. Um, and so she was like limping on it, but they got back to the corner and, you know, the doctor can't be like, Oh, I like, they can't, you know, take an x-ray or know that it's torn or whatever versus. And so they, they just let it continue versus if it was like, you know, a broken arm and like, if they can see it, then they're going to stop it. And so, yeah, even, I mean, fighters don't want it to be stopped They're for sure. Like they have the same mentality. They're like, no, I, there's still a chance of me winning. Like I want to go out on my shield kind of mentality. Um, but you know, oftentimes fighters are too tough for their own good, um, because they will, you know, just make it worse. But, uh, another broken limb situation was, uh, this one just happened. It, It was one that I saw live, um, in person, um, when I went to my first show a couple months ago, um, what are the odds? I know, I know. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, which, uh, it was these two like jujitsu, like aces, basically this one guy, Jacare Souza. Um, he's been in this sport for like a long time. He was another promotion, um, before the UFC 
and he's like a veteran. Um, and he's like known for his, uh, Brazilian jujitsu. Um, but he was facing this younger guy who is also Brazilian and also known for his Brazilian jujitsu. Um, and so it was kind of this like, like changing of the guard kind of thing, like older versus younger. And so the younger guy was, you know, trying to make a big show. Um, but anyways, he, um, he got, he got an an arm bar on, uh, Jacques Ray Souza. And, um, this one was the worst. See, because we talked about it last time, like when you're live, you're, you're not listening to the audio, but, and so I saw it live and you could tell, like, even from the stands, like I was way up, but like, like he's on the arm and you just see like a pop and like he moves and, and then like, uh, the ref gets him off and Jacare is just like looking down at his arm, like, and he can't move it. It's just like limp. And he's like staring at it. And it's like, Oh my gosh. Like he doesn't even realize what happened, what's happened yet. But when, when I went back and watched it, it's like a hard, like thunk. And like, you can like write when you hear it and it's crazy. Um, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of like broken limb ones. Um, yeah, we'll talk about some more that are kind of more, um, more gnarly or nasty, but yeah. So we got the leg from Anderson Silva and then the arm of Jack Ray Sosa. It's crazy. I got another big name for you. John Cena. Hopefully everybody knows that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's actually like, as, as he, he was kind of known as like a pretty boy, you know, but he actually has had some pretty significant injuries. He herniated a disc in his neck. Um, mid-match and continued going like lost feeling in like a left arm but like kept fighting he Mm. tore his pec completely off his shoulder and like continued fighting for a little while until he was gone and also people say that the the joke about John Cena is that he's superhuman because an injury that'll take nine months to to, like his pec that that one was funny because he made his his, um, a big return like way earlier than he was supposed to. They said mm-hmm. that his torn pec would cause him to be gone for like six to seven, six to like eight months. And he yeah. came, he came back in four. Like mm-hmm. that is superhuman. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the injury one, this is not that, this is not that um, like major, I guess. I mean, it, I still wouldn't want it to happen to me, but on an episode of raw in 2015, um, he actually got kneed in the nose and it just like shifted over <laughs> uh-huh. and like immediately started bleeding. And, um, People would say, like, it's kind of some, there's something like morbidly funny to see, like, God bleed because, like, John Cena at the time was like oh, untouchable, sure. like, untouchable, sure. right? Nice. And the fact that he, like, all that for a drop of blood, yeah, <laughs> kind of same thing. And, and he was like, you know, bleeding and it literally, like, couldn't breathe to wrestle, but like, continued the match, finished, won. And even like during this time, he was being booed a lot. People don't like John Cena. Yeah. And, oh, even in the wrestling world. Yeah, even in the wrestling world. Ah. Fans, fans, <laughs> I thought it was just yeah. everyone else. No. Fans can't stand him. Um, oh. And even like afterwards, I remember because I watched that episode, like the fans clapped and applauded because they knew like what just took place. That he lit, like you can visibly see that he was winded because he couldn't breathe through his nose. Like was probably in a lot of pain. His his nose was literally like shifted. It was funny. I mean, yeah. it wasn't funny, but like, um, but it was one of those things that you immediately knew, like guy did a running knee that should have probably missed, but it was just like a, a mistiming. He gets hit and he rolls over to the corner and I guess like the camera people don't know exactly. So they try to get like reactions to kind of play the drama. Yeah. And as soon as the camera like hit, seeing his face, his, his nose is like a fountain, just like blood going everywhere. Oof. And I remember like seeing, I was like, I, I don't think that was supposed to happen. And then like he, he gets up and he's like just covered in blood. I was like, Oh yeah, that that's funny. Like, let's see, let's see if he like stops or keeps going and he mm. kept going. And then, I mean, that didn't take any time. They probably went back, shifted it back. And then that was it. Yeah. Quick question. Do you think that they've ever, ever like maybe tried to do an injury on purpose to like heighten things? They did. And actually didn't make my list because I didn't, I don't, it didn't mean much to me. And it actually involved Brock Lesnar mm. and uh, Randy Orton. He, he legit, he, so in wrestling, when you bleed, they'll say it two different ways. They'll call blood color. They'll say he's going to go and get some color, which means like they're going to bleed. 
and you'll do blading or hard way. So blading is a very, it's a discontinued way to get color on in wrestling. Back in the day, guys would, would grab legitimate little razors, tape them up, and either put them in their tape on their wrists, put it in their boots, or the ref. After a while, the ref would hand it to them, and they would literally just slice their forehead. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it was because the forehead has, like, a lot of little veins. So it's yeah. very bloody, but it's also not as deep, so it, you wouldn't it wouldn't scar as much. Oh, uh, sure. But if you look at some of these, like, wrestlers from, like, the 70s and 80s and kind of 90s, they kind of stopped after, like, 95 because it was just people got wind of it. Like, people like Ric Flair. Um, I'm trying to name people that people would know, but Ric Flair especially, if you look at some pictures of him now, his his forehead is so like sliced up because he would blade is what they call it blading um yeah i know a lot of people didn't didn't know that and that wrestling is fake so like sure. um it's hard to get blood hard way which we'll get into but blading um yeah they would cut their they would cut their foreheads um if you ever want to see a blading job done badly eddie guerrero very famous wrestler he he was his first time blading, and he didn't know how far or how deep, and he just did it a little too deep, and literally you can literally see blood like pulsing out of his forehead. Oh gosh! Yeah, he he said that he they lost he lost a lot of blood in the match that he actually fell into shock as he left, like when he went backstage because the mm-hmm. amount of blood he left, and they're just like, yeah, never again. You're you're never gonna do that again. Um, yeah. And it's also like you do it to yourself. You can't tell another wrestler to blade you because like you don't know how deep or, you know, how that hurts. Like only you would know that. For sure. But hard way is when you legit try to hit somebody as hard as you possibly can to get blood. Or so technically hard way is more like accidental. So like if you if you're running to somebody to the post and somebody moves out the way and you legit hit your head on the post and you start bleeding when it wasn't supposed to be, that's bleeding hard way. Hmm. Uh, so Brock Lesnar basically grabbed his elbow and like just started bashing Randy Orton's head in <laughs> and like legit oh split him open on the side of his head. No way. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's some pretty gruesome stuff. Like knowing that wrestling is supposed to be for entertaining and then like knowing that he was told open randy orton hardway oh and, god yeah and then brock lesnar was like okay and there's even more so story. they just they the, like the people running the show decide what it is like they get to they just tell them what to do uh i mean not the day of they actually did that to randy though that he got to the arenas for the event and he said brock is opening you hardway go out there and do it oh man <laughs> yeah Dang. Uh, i mean wrestling has like writers and stuff so they'll they'll right. write out storylines and then mm-hmm. their wrestlers do have input in it. So, like, the reason blading happened was, like, I think if we bled at this match, it would heighten the the emotion and the drama in this feud. So let's do it. Yeah. And so, yeah. But that one was, it was a hard way they, that they intentionally. And there's other ones, but I don't really consider them because they were more smaller indie promotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, like, they they give wrestling a bad name for doing stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting because like that injury you t- you talked about with John Cena, that's actually like a really common one in MMA. Yeah, because people are like legitimately throwing knees exactly. and throwing elbows, yeah. like right to your face. So that's gonna happen when that's the goal of what you're yeah, trying to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so there was um, it reminded me of one. There's one um. Michael Venom Page, he's actually not a UFC fight, fighter. He fights in Bellator, which is, I would say, probably like the second biggest MMA organization. But um, he's like one of their biggest stars. I think he's a welterweight, but um, he's like a British guy. But um, he was fighting, uh, what's his name? I think Cristiano Cyborg or something. Um, but he threw a flying knee, basically a jump knee, which is where um it's like what jorge masvidal did it's where you know you basically you jump you gain momentum and you throw a knee up if someone is like shooting in for a takedown or if they're just generally low 
And so if you time it right, then, you know, you can hit him in the head. But uh, basically he, he did a flying knee on Cyborg and, uh, and automatically Cyborg just like turned over and like laid on the ground with like his hands covering his head. Like he wasn't even like, like trying to defend or anything. He was just like, just like shelled up basically. And the ref stopped it immediately. Um, but basically they took him, you know, to the hospital, got him x-rayed. Um, you might've been able to see it on, on live TV, but I don't think they showed a lot of it. Basically he cracked his skull and like, like they showed, I've seen the x-rays, like literally there was a dent in his skull and he had to have surgery to like take the pieces of bone out and like restructure his skull. It's like crazy to think about. Like that's like something super deadly, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I, yeah, it's crazy. Cause you know, the knee is obviously just straight bone. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, hard <laughs> objects colliding with another hard object. Yeah. And yeah. It was like your head's where your brain lives. exactly yeah yeah when i first heard about that i was like how did he not die like yeah yeah. and obviously you know like the real truth is like there mma has come a long way but there have been you know tragic stories in the past of uh rarely there's been deaths and dangerous things like that but like nowadays they're not very common because there are governing bodies and and rule sets and stuff like that that are that make them you know, safer, but yeah, but there's, and obviously another thing is like, like there's a lot of dangerous things that they do all the time, both in training and uh, like in the fights. And so a lot of people will just get injuries in their training camps for fights. Um, Some people are like really injury prone and they'll just go into the fights with like injuries that they don't tell people about. And then maybe it'll flare up in the fight. Maybe they'll have a great win and they still won't tell anybody, but just the, just training for the sport, you know, it's, I'm sure it's same as wrestling, like very injury prone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and wrestling, they've actually banned like straight headshots with anything. Hmm. So like chair shots any or they would do like trash cans and anything like that. Getting dropped on your head is like, now unheard of um Mm -hmm. because people have nobody has like died like on the spot but there's been people who have died because of the result of getting hit on their head over and over and over the trauma yeah Yeah. and it's so funny well it's not funny but like are you talking about like cte kind of yeah i mean there's some like extremes like chris benoit if you guys I mean, even care, Google that story. That story is pretty crazy. Um, but he, he was basically, they did an autopsy on his head. And he the doctor's actual, like, synopsis was that he had the brain of an 80-year-old person with Alzheimer's. Like, that's wow. how, like, un, like, how much, how messed up he was when he died and all that. So now, like, chair shots, even if you watch, like, old wrestling videos, um, they'll like cut that part out. Like it'll, it'll freeze and then it'll cut to like the next side. So they don't, they won't show it. Um, even with blood too. Like if you watch a wrestling match now and, and someone bleeds, they'll cut to black and white. So like, you don't see the color. Like really? Yeah. It's well, cause now, especially now with the PG era, like everybody like it's geared oh. towards kids. I mean, I think you don't want your kids hitting another kid with <laughs> <laughs> dropping them on their head, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, obviously it's, like I said, the sad truth. Like, there are things that happen, but honestly, they're, nowadays they're few and far between. But yeah. it is, you know, something that if you're going into the sport, you have to consider. Because, right. And that's yeah. a lot of people's, like, hesitations with it is, you know, head trauma and, like, all of just, yeah, CTE and all that stuff. You know, similar with football, you know, any, oh, yeah. any contact any sport. Board. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. All right, my next one is weird in that you didn't know it until afterwards. But Triple H, another we mentioned. I'm, like I said, I'm trying to use like big names so people know. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually tore his quad completely off his knee, not once, but twice. I, this, I saw the second one. I didn't see the first one, but the first one was weird because he like he's just like running, and then he just like stops to hit somebody. 
and he immediately drops to the ground. And uh, he said in later interviews of like, um, he felt like he'd just been shot in the thigh. Like he felt like a jolt, jolt of electricity, you know, shooting out his leg. And that was like literally his muscle like retracted in itself. And, yeah. It's brutal watching. And then going back and seeing it, he wrestled for another like nine minutes on that like torn quad, like couldn't stand. And they've even asked him like, why did you keep wrestling? Why did you keep doing it? You know, like you probably could have hurt yourself even more and shorten your career even more if you kept doing that. And he was just like, never crossed my mind. Like, I I wish I can tell you why, but it never crossed my mind that I should stop. And yeah, he does his move. Um, Well, this wrestler did a move on him called the walls of Jericho. And basically you're lying on your stomach, right? And your legs are being pulled back. So Mm -hmm. if you're laying on your stomach, there's a guy facing your feet. Right. right? And he kind of hooks your arms underneath his arms and he pulls Uh back. Uh Okay. So triple H and the wrestling. I've seen there's a wrestling move. I don't know if you've heard of uh, the Boston. The Boston crab is the exact same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exact same thing. Um, Yeah. Sorry, funny enough, there's been, like, one person who used that in MMA and got a finish from it. Like, yeah, in, like, that small regional show. It's hilarious. That is funny because that, like, that's something me and my, like, little brother would do to each other. Like, it it doesn't hurt at all. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, But it does when your your quad is torn. And Mm. that that was a spot that Triple H knew was coming and he needed to get ready for it. Uh-huh. And so he's like, he, he put the move on for like 15 seconds. Like, and Triple H is like, that wall of Jericho felt like an hour. Like, oh, I, gosh. Can you imagine your torn quad and your legs being pulled back, you know, from underneath you? And, <laughs> and he was out for a while, of course, because he had to get the surgery, then like um, rehab and then, you know, all that stuff to come back. And then he did that once, and then again around like 2007, 2008, I can't remember what, what pay-per-view exactly. He does it again. And this one, I'm not sure if it was a quad tear or something, but it was something in his knee where he's like, he did a move, and he you can automatically tell that he wasn't because he was landing like on one knee and trying not to land on the other. Mm. And he said that something happened that he felt like his kneecap just moved over to the side of his leg. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then you think like what would take you down? He just kept going, and he uh, he kept wrestling again. He had a move where he, so Triple H's finisher is called the Pedigree, mm-hmm. and so I, I, it's really hard to describe these things over like using my voice. Sure. So yeah. you're facing each other. He kicks mm-hmm. you in your midsection, so you bend, you double over. Uh-huh. He then puts your head in between his legs. Okay. okay, a little sus, but he does. <laughs> <laughs> All these moves are gonna be sus. I was gonna uh, say, there's a lot of sus <laughs> in wrestling. <laughs> a lot of does positions. that, and then he hooks your arms, right? Okay. So now you're belt, you're doubled over in between his legs, and your arms are hooked back, right? And then Triple H jumps, and you kind of jump with him, and he lands on his knees, and you, you land, you land on your head. Yes, yes, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that move, he used to back in the day, used to keep the arms hooked the whole way, uh-huh. um, but he actually hurt somebody, like for real, for real. And he realized, like, that's too dangerous. So, like, he now, when he does it, he lets go of the arms. So you can kind of catch yourself just slightly. And sometimes if yeah. you do it well, it doesn't look that obvious. But, I mean, sure. after a while, like, that's, like, one of the safest moves you can do. Um, yeah. So he had to do that on, like, the announce table. And oh. that was funny to see that he, like, not only did he not, he let go, but he even, even he, like, landed on his side. So the move, oh, yeah. the move looks completely dumb, but then you realize like this man like tore everything on his leg. Yeah, like you're saying he would have like fell to his butt basically normally. No, he would fall to his knees. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but like on this specific one, he kind of fell to his side, so he yeah. wouldn't land on his knee. And then yeah. that was funny. And like a lot of these things, a lot of these injuries, like you have to kind of applaud the wrestlers for not only continuing. But being able to continue and modifying everything on the spot, right? mm-hmm. you know, like not only do I have to do this move that looks cool, but I also have to do it while injured. How can I make it look like I'm not injured, but still like protect myself and protect the the opponent I'm fighting? Because, like, 
you know, if I'm carrying somebody in my quads tear, I can drop him and, you know, all this stuff. Right. And so, like, that's always been applauded for wrestlers having this, like, IQ of knowing spots and communicating with each other and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. What that reminds me of is have you ever, like, like, I guess I've only seen really once before, like, a muscle being torn, like, in real time. And like it was, it wasn't anything related to like MMA or wrestling, but it was like someone who was weightlifting, and they yeah. were like curling, you know, yeah, and like bicep yeah, tears. yeah, their bicep just like shoots back. Shoots up. Up. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can imagine like that with your whole quad, like oh, yeah. quad's a big muscle, you know. Yeah, and then to keep going, like keep doing what you're doing, I'd be out. I would never want to walk again after. That. <laughs> yeah, I rolled my well, ankle. You- and yeah. I was like, I'm done. Get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. That's the thing. Like, for some of these people, like, pain is just, like, they just fight through it. And it's yeah. like, there's so many of us normal people. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. You know, for part of it, like, your endorphins kick in and you don't realize. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm sure, like, you know, obviously, if they go for long enough, they're going to be, you know. Yeah. They have, everyone has a stopping point, but. Yeah, I mean, and to be fair, if somebody was paying me millions of dollars to do something, true, I could true. probably mortgage pain to money. You know, yeah, <laughs> hit yeah. that ratio. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I say that now, but I've never torn anything. So, yeah, yeah. On um, still on the topic of uh, broken faces, um, I <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually two different instances, but uh, one was. Actually, the same guy, Michael Venom Page, MVP, the Bellator guy. He, um, this was just a fight, um, maybe like two months ago. Um, uh, yeah, because the cyborg fight was like a couple years ago. But um, the I don't know who who he was fighting because he's to be honest, the competition he's fighting is not on his level, and so that's why that's a lot of the criticisms with other promotions is like why the UFC is so good is because they have the highest level of talent. Um, but anyway, so he was fighting this guy. I don't know his name, but uh, guy had his hands down. He was like trying to, um, you know, like duck and like go. Uh, what's it called? Well, I don't know. I can't think of the word. But basically, you know, weave. just dodge the punches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of weave and like. Um, he like leaned to one side to like dodge the punches, but, uh, MVP came with a kick and his hands were down. And so it landed flush on his nose and his nose was literally crooked, like right down the middle. It looked like, well, it was crooked, but it was, it looked like it was like pushed in. Yeah. Like it was pretty bad. Like people made memes of like him and like a pig. Because <laughs> 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 so, uh, but another bad one, there's been a lot of like broken noses, you know, yeah. that you see like in real time. Um, one that I saw live, well, uh, not in person, but uh, live on TV was uh, Mike Perry, platinum, platinum Mike Perry. He's a character. He's, very interesting, has a troubled past, but is like, he's also just hilarious. And like, he's known, he's not the best fighter, but people watch him because of how entertaining he is. Um, but he was fighting uh, Vicente Luque, whose nickname is the silent assassin, by the way, nice. cool guy. But uh, yeah. And so uh, Luque throws a knee. Um, no, was it a knee? I think it was a knee. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah. And then basically he like pins down, well, not a typical like wrestling pin, but he has uh Perry on the floor and he's just like, you know, punching him in the face. And so there's just like a bunch of blood and then, but his like, you can't really see his face. And so then he gets up and like, yeah, his nose is just like crooked and like, <laughs> and like, it looks horrible because, you know, normally a, a nose is supposed to stick out and it's just like flat. Um, but in some ways, like a lot of, for a lot of fighters, that's like a rite of passage in a way. Right. Because like, you know, all these like vets are like, you know, congrats, like, welcome to the club. Because <laughs> nose. They, yeah. And, you know, some people broke them, break their nose multiple times. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah. And so, sorry, one more thing. And uh, it was funny, uh, in an, uh, a lightweight fight, uh, it was like, right. It was like one of the first cards after COVID, but, uh, Justin Gaethje was fighting Tony Ferguson for the interim title. Um, 
And going into the fight, Gaethje said that he had had like, um, I think like breathing issues or something. And so he wanted to get his nose broken so that the UFC would have to like pay to fix it. Um, Especially because like the guy who is fighting is like, was like this violent guy who like Tony Ferguson, who like cuts people up with his elbows and stuff. And like, just like make like when you fight him, you leave just looking like bloody and battered. Yeah. Now it turns out the fight was an absolute shutout for Gaethje. And so he like knocked oh, him wow. out and like just beat up Tony Ferguson the whole time. And so it's funny, like right after he won the fight, he goes over to the commentary. He's like, now I have to get my, now I have to break my nose again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I said, it's, it's not like, even though you won't be the most attractive afterwards, like, it, right. it earns you respect in the MMA community. <laughs> I got. I guess I never thought of it that way, but I, that makes sense. Like, yeah, because there's there's another fighter who like I think used to train with Perry, and like after his fight, after Perry's nose got broken, he like tweeted and was like, he basically said like, "Welcome to the club." And Arlovsky is this guy, uh, Andre Arlovsky. He's a heavyweight. He was champion at one point. But uh, he has, like, kind of a jacked-up nose because his has been broken many times. And so <laughs> he was, like, not as good as mine, but welcome to the club. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I got a nose-slash-face one. And this one was, like, is like, the most infamous, like, botched uh, wrestling move maneuver ever. Ooh. So this was uh, at a pay-per-view called Armageddon 2006. It was a fatal four-way tag team ladder match so four four tag teams so a total of eight people were fighting in a ladder match which in a ladder match if you're fighting for a championship which is normally like what's happening the the title or the belt is hung over the ring oh and you have to climb the ladder to get it right yeah and so there is a team that is Jeff Hardy. Usually people know Jeff Hardy more than anybody. Uh, Jeff and Matt Hardy are in a tag team called, well, back in like the 90s and early 2000s, they were known to be like these crazy, like jumping off ladders and into tables and all that stuff. So yeah. it was kind of hyped that they were in the match. They started doing this the move that I've only seen them do like twice aside from what they did at this time. So they get a ladder and they open it and they lay it down in the corner of the ring. So like in front, it's laying down and then they put a, another ladder on top of it. So it's kind of like a seesaw. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And so they're in the corner of the ring. So Jeff climbs the ropes, Matt, his brother grabs two opponents and he kind of holds their head down. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Jeff jumps over all three of those people and like literally like lands on his butt on the other side of the of the ladder. So it oh. seesaws up, right? Oh gosh. Now uh-huh. now Matt's there to kind of sell, like, you know, I'm holding them here. And there's a slight motion where the guys can kind of put their hands up or Matt kind of like grabs their heads and pulls them back. So no one's supposed to really get hit by this ladder. Uh-huh. Right. So Jeff does it, it it seesaws up. Uh, the guy he hits, the guy he's hitting is a guy named, uh, at the time, Johnny Nitro and a guy named Joey Mercury. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jeff lands. He's fine. Matt is fine. Uh, Johnny Nitro takes the hit. He's fine. Joey Mercury on the other <laughs> side, the other point, I don't know what happened. I like, I've seen the video slow mode. I've seen it. It was just so unlucky. The ladder clips his nose and just like completely like destroys his orbital bone, like oh. it shatters it. And he at the time had like this long hair, so he kind of immediately grabs his face, you know, rolls out, rolls out of the ring, land like he's on the floor. Blood is gushing out of his his uh, his nose, his face, basically, like literally his face explodes. Mm-hmm. And and the cameraman is like kind of like you know, so trying to get the visual. And at this time, Joy Mercury's kind of looking down, like seeing all the blood uh, come out of his face. And he flicks his hair up because he has long hair and he flicks it up kind of like at the right time. And the camera's uh-huh. full on his face. And like you just see his face covered in blood, his nose completely out of, you know, 
and and it left a scar from like his eyebrow all the way down to his nose. Dang. And so Joy, like Joey Mercury and Johnny Nitro, were kind of in this stick or this gimmick of being like arrogant, very good looking guys. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Joy Mercury never recovered from that injury. It was like oh, literally yeah. his face that was like what made him the money. Oh yeah, and like net like. You see pictures of him now. You don't see the scar anymore. But like from that moment on, I don't think he ever got that popular again. And like just never really was a wrestler after that. So mm-hmm. it's like kind of sad, but at the same time, like it's kind of hard to see that video again. And it was at a pay per view again. Um, it's just weird that like everybody involved was fine except that one. It was just super unlucky. Yeah. So like the guys, the the guy who was on the ladder was fine. Like I thought that you were gonna say that he like landed wrong me or something. Yeah. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. He landed. He was perfectly fine. Uh, the guy just got clipped by the ladder. Yeah. And it was just like, like I said, I've only seen them do it twice. Other so three times, I guess total, and that never happened. So like it was just crazy. I think that he and then he was out like for the match and I forgot who won, but that was one of those that like if you 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 blink and you miss it because you don't yeah. you don't expect anything until the camera's flush showing Joy Mercury's face explode, yeah, and nose is going everywhere and yeah, it's pretty crazy. YouTube it, uh, Armageddon, Joy Mercury, Jeff Hardy ladder match. Dang. I was actually, it's funny, the next one I was going to say was actually a similar injury. It was a broken orbital bone. So basically it was the guy that I was talking about who, like, makes all his opponents, like, just look like a bloody mess at the end of the fight. Um, He was fighting this guy, Cowboy Cerrone, who's pretty infamous at this point. He fought McGregor. He's fought, like, pretty much the who's who in in every division he's fought in. Uh, Has, like, the most bonuses in the company. Anyways, Cowboy versus Tony Ferguson. Um, and uh, everyone was looking was looking forward to this fight because they're both like, I mean, they always put on a good show. Um, and so uh, this one isn't like as gruesome, but basically like uh, Ferguson was just like jabbing him up the whole time and like landing these big elbows and stuff. Um, and so Cowboy had started to look kind of battered. And the worst part was not actually during the fight. So, like, he, you know, his face is kind of beat up, but he goes to the corner. He's like, this is after the second round, out of three rounds, in between the second and third. He's sitting on a stool. Um, time's up. Like, the corner goes out. Like, uh, fight's about to start again. Cowboy blows his nose. Which is like, if you know anything about like fighting or getting punched, like, and like your nose is bleeding or you can't breathe through your nose, they tell you to never breathe through your nose because basically he didn't know it, but his orbital bone had been fractured, which, you know, if you don't know, it's, you know, the eye, like basically the eye socket. Um, And as soon as he blew his nose, his whole eye like swole shut. And so. He wasn't able to fight and the doctor called it off. And so it was kind of a disappointing like end to the fight, but it was a a lot of like doctors were kind of interested in it afterwards because just because of how it happens, like it doesn't happen all the time, but it's really interesting because it wasn't the punch, but it was just like the pressure of like all the like blood and like, I don't know how the, I'm not a doctor, but (laughs) how like the face is like constructed and like, it was basically like, you just blew your nose and now you can't fight. Like it kind of sucks, but yeah, yeah. like the whole thing like puffed up shut. Like he was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, what yeah. was like the typical guy, like stereotype of like, you know, some, his, he'll lose his arm and be like, I'm fine. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's crazy. I, I would have never thought about that specifically. I didn't know. Yeah, me neither. Up until then, I was like, okay, if I ever get punched, I'm not going to blow my nose. (laughs) I'm just going to stop breathing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'd be able to, like, have something pop on me and then pop it back in. Like, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I I, I have another. I have a similar story to that one. But, yeah. I'll get into that in a second. All right. This one I'm most excited to talk about. 
Mm-hmm. Well, not because because it's pretty like crazy and pretty well known, at least in the wrestling world. Um, some have actually called it the most expensive pile driver in WWF at the time history, and involved a wrestler named Stone Cold Steve Austin. I know that guy. Yeah, a lot of people know this guy. Um, this happened SummerSlam, which is a big four pay per view, in nineteen ninety seven. So this is an OG of OGs. On-screen injuries were not a thing because um, a lot of them was pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. So they were able to kind of edit those things out. Yeah. So this is a super sus move. And I already know because I'm like trying, I was thinking of how to like explain this. Uh, any true wrestling fans already know what I'm talking about. So it's Stone Cold versus a guy named Owen Hart which actually has a very infamous death in wrestling. He's not, he's not alive anymore. Uh, but he also like, let's just say shortly within like a couple of years, he was dead. No oh, um, man. Yeah. And the way he did it, it's, it's crazy. We'll talk about this some other time. Um, mm. So he does what is called, you know what a tombstone pile driver is? Nope. Okay. <laughs> so it's fine. Totally fine. I know what kind of what a pile driver is. Okay. Yeah. So there's different, Ways to hit a quote pile driver. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was gonna see if I could do this. We're like super sus. Think of the number almost seventy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's it's almost seventy. Um, <laughs> Undertaker does it very well. Undertaker does his move right. Okay, <laughs> sus. Yeah. Yeah. Where he actually lands on his knees, so your head hits the ground. Okay. Okay. So, think of the number. Yeah. And then he hits on his knees. Yeah. Right. Okay. So Stone Cold and Owen Hart are thinking about it, and they're agreeing on the move because this is back in the days where, like, some wrestlers really took pride in like how the match would go, and like, should we pull the the fans in now? Blah blah blah. And so mm-hmm. Owen says, I'm going to hit you with the pile driver. And he said, okay, cool. Um, are you going to land it on your knees? And he said, no, I'm going to land it on my butt. So, again, same thing, same maneuver, except you sit down. Mm-hmm. Okay? Which is, when I think of the pile driver, I think of that low-key. But, anyway. Sure. So Owen was like, I, I don't feel super comfortable. Like, how comfortable are you with doing that? And he's like, that's just how I always do it. And he was like, Fine, you know, Owen at this point was a pretty well-respected wrestler, so they said fine. Um, so they come to that part to do it. And you can see when you look, when you, if you YouTube it, if you look it up, um, Owen sets him up for the pile driver. Right when he kind of hops and leaves the ground and he's, like, basically sitting in midair, Stone Cold's head is just way too low, like way, way, way too low. You already know this is going to end bad. Mm-hmm. And with no real time to prepare or anything, Stone Cold literally gets spiked on his like neck and spine. Ooh. And like as soon as he lands, Stone Stone Cold says that he literally goes paralyzed from the neck down, like oh. instantly. And uh, you can kind of see where Owen kind of grabs him to kind of continue. And mm-hmm. Stone like he Stone Cold kind of mouths something to him. And basically, what he says, he's like, "Don't touch me. I can't feel like anything." And so uh, Owen Hart kind of stands up and he has to buy time. He has to like, because they're live on television, right? This is 1997. People still believe wrestling is real in yeah. that. But like in that, a fight is going to continue until it's over, right? Like sure. Owen Hart shouldn't care if Stone Cold is, is hurt. So mm-hmm. Owen starts to like flaunt at the crowd. He's trying to really buy a lot of time. And you can see Stone Cold's hands are like, they call it like a roach or like a boxer where their hands are like straight up. Oh, sure. I mean? And like, he's like slowly getting feelings and Stone Cold was actually booked to win this match and to like mm-hmm. become a champion. And then he was going to get a rocket ship like up his butt and sent to the moon because he was going to be the face of wrestling after this. So this uh-huh. is a pretty important match and Stone Cold knew it. And so he was like, I can't lose. Like I can't, not finish this i have to finish this match and he's tell he tells the ref roll up for the pin and we're done and so the ref then had to go to tell owen hey stone cold's gonna roll you up and we're gonna we're gonna end the match here 
Dang. And if you see the match, he's like, I'm slowly getting my feet, my my feelings back in my arms and in my legs. And he starts crawling. But if you see his how he's crawling, he's literally on his elbows. His hands are not working. Like it's so oh crazy. Gosh. And then he he rolls him up and pins, manages to do and Stone Cold says one of the worst roll up in, in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. Like no way did anybody believe that I actually won, like actually was able to win this match that way. But then you realize that like he literally stood on legs that he did not feel. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. he rolls him up, he pins him, and then you know, Owen leaves. Stone Cold is like refusing help because Stone Cold Steve Austin was kind of known as like this badass, like, you know, this tough guy who yeah. and the refs like help him up and he kind of pushes him away because he wants the fans to see him standing on his own. Mm-hmm. And so he does it for a little bit and he grabs the belt. Did I say that it was for a championship? Because it was kind of for a championship. Yeah. Okay. He grabs the belt and he raises it up. He said that that was important for him to let the fans know that he was okay. Mm-hmm. And so he raises it up and then he kind of like just throws the belt down and like slowly rolls out the ring and then he gets help. And I didn't, you know, really see, obviously I wasn't, if I was born around this time, I was like months old. Um, but looking back at that, that, the videos and stuff, he's like walking and one leg is literally dragging. Like you can see that he's stepping oh. and swinging to get his other leg forward. Oh my God. And like, and he says, I, I, they recently put a, a, like a video of his career and they talked about that injury in that day and how like, he's like my, my traps and my back were like on fire. Like I couldn't feel anything. And he was refusing to go to the hospital and like, not refusing, but like, was trying to to prolong it and hopefully he was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And there's a very infamous picture of him like with a gold chain around his neck. I don't know why. And he's like leaning on a wall with his eyes closed. And they kind of show the video of that prior to that. And he's like crying because he knows that like something's wrong and mm-hmm. he's just about to become the face of wrestling. Oh. And like, you know, he's, he's worried that like in an instant, everything he ever worked for was going to be gone. Yeah. yeah. And he said like, you know, I, I tell myself I'm an, I'm a, I'm a pretty tough guy, you know, and I can do through all these things. But like, he's like that night I was 1% tough, 99% lucky. Like hmm. there's no way to do it. And they say it's, I, I said at the beginning that it was one of the most expensive pile drivers ever. Right. Because he would get, he would get, um, basically was going to put one of the hottest wrestlers um, during the time that wrestling would become one of the most popular thing in like the, the world, basically like wrestling around 1997, 98, 99 was like the myth of the Monday night wars. It was super cool to say that you're a wrestling fan at the time. You had people like, you know, the rock, uh, triple H, uh, Mick Foley, all these people. Um, mm-hmm. And they put stone cold who would later go on to make more money than, Hulk Hogan ever did, you know, and Hulk Hogan was like, is the like face of wrestling. If you don't know anything, you know who Hulk Hogan is. Yeah. Um, he would make, he would end up making more money. Brother. Than, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he would end up making more money than him. And they mm. put him on borrowed time. Like he would wrestle on still fighting these pains. And then he would have to take out an entire year out. Like 1999 to 2000 was like wrestling was like taking over the world and, they put one of their most popular wrestlers like on the shelf you know, over a dumb sus looking move. (laughs) (laughs) And and he would have to retire at the age of 39, which is old, but like John Cena is like 45 and he can still wrestle. Like he Mm -hmm. was in no way done with his career, which is like pretty sad and pretty crazy. But yeah, that's that's kind of like one that even my mom says that she saw it and she remembers it and she's like, yeah, no, like you can instantly tell that something was wrong, mm-hmm. and then he had to get neck surgery and then he was never really a hundred percent after that. Sure, yeah, that one kind of sounds vaguely familiar. I might have like heard about it. There's not many that I have heard about, right. but maybe like once or twice I've like seen a compilation of like yeah. pro wrestling gone wrong or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on like that, every... that one sounds kind of familiar of like him like kind of limping or like dragging like dragging away from it. Yeah, but, seriously, YouTube any of these these video any of these injuries, 
mm-hmm. just so you can know the <laughs> yeah all, all you listeners out there youtube it now that's right Pause yeah it. go on <laughs> yeah, so my <laughs> my next one um is like i was saying we, we talked about people popping things back into place or moving things back into place. So there was this flyweight uh, fight um, earlier this year. Um, flyweight is the lightest men's division. It's 125 pounds. But um, it was uh, basically these two fighters who were fighting for like, basically it was a number one contenders fight. So it was kind of an unspoken thing, but kind of spoken on by people that like the winner of this fight would fight for the title next. Um, you know, these are two highly ranked guys. It's uh, Brandon Moreno, who is now the champion of the division, kind of because of this fight, um, versus another super entertaining guy, um, Brandon Roy Val. And uh, basically, he has, they were, they were, slugging it out and then they somehow get to the mats by a takedown or whatever. And they're like kind of rolling and doing jujitsu for a little bit. Um, and then what is it? I think, I think uh, Moreno kind of pins or holds down uh, Roy Val in a way and has his arm. Um, Roy Val's like left arm is like on the mat basically. Um, and Roy Val like, uh, tries to um, like pull his arm up or move it. Um, and basically he like, I'm trying to think, I, I, it was probably like a dislocation of his elbow or something. And so that, that happened. And then, um, you know, Roy Val basically only has one arm to defend himself. And so, uh, Moreno has him pinned down. So he just like punches and punches and like the fight, uh, gets ended, gets stopped like right after. Um, but what the craziest thing is like the fight ended and, Oh, another thing is this is either the first or the second round of three. Um, but there's only like five seconds left in the round. Um, and so, um, but it gets called like, you know, right before it ends. Um, but the Royval's coach, he goes, Royval goes to a co- his coach and he's like, like, this guy's in agony. He's like, you know, you can just tell on his face. Um, and, uh, his coach kind of like calms him down and then like does the slightest thing. Like he holds his shoulder and then just kind of like straightens his elbow and like Royval like moves at first and then, like, he just hugs his coach because it's, like, immediate relief. Basically, yeah. he just popped – I think it was actually a shoulder. He, like, popped it back into place, and his coach, like, knew how to do it. But it's just crazy that, like, that literally took, like, four seconds. And it's, like, if you – like, maybe if he would have made it to the next round, like, he had gone back to the stool, and the coach could have done that, and then he would have fought, like, right after. Because, like, you know, right after that, he felt, like, good to go. But it's just crazy how it was, like, a slight adjustment. And it's, like, the you know, the coach, like, knows how to do it from, like, years of experience. But, yeah, I feel like there's some things that, like, you know, you can, like, adjust, like, on the fly, and there's other things that's, like, nah, you got to go to the doctor, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. I, I wouldn't want to risk it. Like if I was a coach or, or anyone, like I'd be like, let's let the doctors take care of it. <laughs> I've done it a couple of times, but I've never like necessarily broken or anything like that, that I had to fix myself, but yeah. I, I'm kind of done with my list. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of end it off with asking what has been your worst injury? Oh, my worst injury. Okay. Um, so I have never broken a bone. Um, and so, okay, there we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Always worried. <laughs> um, and so, you know, that's a plus, but I, I mean, you know, I've gotten like lots of cuts and scrapes and stuff, but I think the worst, I was probably maybe, maybe 13 or 14 and me and my friend were playing in his backyard and basically, um, we, he had like some pallets in his backyard that were like standing up. Um, and so they were pretty flimsy and we were like walking on top of the, these thin pallets. Um, 
And I think I was about to fall. And so like I grabbed for like the tree branch that we're hanging on to. I couldn't get it. I fell, but there was like a thick, fat, like solid iron chair, <laughs> like <laughs> right by. And I, my back hit the arm of the chair. Um, and it, it was kind of like, I don't know, like mid back basically. Um, and, uh, I was just like on the floor and basically I had the wind knocked out of me and like, I couldn't breathe. Uh, yeah. And so I was like gasping for air and I was like, go get your mom, go get your mom. <laughs> I'm going to um, die. Because, gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> because like she was a nurse and I was like, okay, I know she can help her. No, but honestly I was like, I thought that I was about to die. I thought yeah. that I was going to lose air or suffocate <laughs> or whatever. Um, and so I kind of like, he runs inside, gets his mom. I like get up and I'm slowly getting more and more air, but I have to like, like really like, yeah. like gasp to get any air. But basically I walk inside, it slowly comes back to me. Um, and I actually still have a scar from that on my back, but uh, yeah, that would be probably one of the like scariest at yeah, the time. Sure. Injuries I've had, you know? Yeah, no, I've never had the wind knocked out of me, but from what I've seen, cause I've seen people get their, the wind knocked out of them. they it, it looks pretty terrifying. I would not. Yeah. See, one of my friends had a concussion once and I saw that in person. And so my first, I first thought that I had a concussion cause I didn't know what really a concussion <laughs> was cause I was yeah. a kid. Uh, and I was like, Oh no, I had a concussion. And, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just end it. RIP. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, no, I've never had a, had an injury. Like I've never broken anything. I've had a mild concussion once, but. It wasn't all that bad because, you know, I'm a G. That's uh, right. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but the first time I actually, uh, we actually all got together to play basketball, I, like, rolled my ankle. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still played through it all. Like, three games later, we played. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people understood. I was out for, like, a month and a half. I could not. Like, I sprained the mess out of my ankle. Uh, and like and it was like the first play of the game. It was and it was so I was so mad because it didn't even happen like while we were playing. Like it wasn't even something cool. I was running to get the loose ball. I threw it in and I was running to get back on the court. And there's this giant hole. There's a pothole, right? Yeah. And I heard a pop, which was my ankle, obviously. Um, and this is the first time meeting all of you guys, and I'm like cussing and i'm like on the verge <laughs> of tears and i'm like you gotta you gotta get it together we have to finish this <laughs> we ended up playing and then i come back at the time midway my ankle was the size of like a golf ball and then it slowly became a tennis ball and then it was just like massive when i got home Man. Uh, so that i mean that wasn't the worst but like that's really the worst i've ever had ankle injury wise mm-hmm. um and a lot of them had a lot of my injuries had to do with basketball so I've jammed like a bunch of my fingers, um, mm-hmm. and I I don't know. I think I have currently a broken pinky from playing basketball. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. So people can't see it, but Corbin here, like, you see how my pinky's like this? Bam. <laughs> yeah, but you see how like this one is? It's like straight. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So that was playing basketball. I we were playing, and this guy is gonna drive into the basket to score but i mm. knew he wasn't going to do it i knew he was going to pass like i just mm. i felt like he wasn't going to do it so he does it and he goes to pass and i stick my hand in there to not to necessarily steal it but to kind of disrupt kind of sure. like slow him down a little bit to kind of get there well the ball bounces and it hits my finger mm. and so i was like ow you know that hurt a lot but i wanted to keep playing and my mom told me if you ever jam your finger also life hack if you ever jam your finger Pop it just cut it off. <laughs> just oh, cut your okay. whole hand off. <laughs> You're done. That hand has to go. Pop it immediately? Pop it immediately. So okay. what that does, essentially that, that just brings the swelling down a lot faster. Mm. Well, I saw my pinky and it's like, oh, I just jammed it. So I just like yank it and I'm like, oh, dang. Okay. Maybe, mm. maybe that's not a good idea, but I still want to keep playing. So we keep playing. Um, and I keep like every once in a while trying to go and like pull on it to kind of pop because I don't, I'm not hearing it pop and I like want to keep playing. 
And so I, I end up like stop playing at the park there and I'm going to go home. And when I go home, my, another group of friends call me if I want to go play somewhere else. And I was like, yeah, just let me get home real quick so I can get some tape. And she's like, uh-huh. okay. And so I called my mom. I was like, Hey mom, where's the medical tape? Like for emergencies. And she's like, what did you do? And I was like, Oh, nothing. Just my finger is fine. And she's like, it's in the bathroom drawer. So I go, I tape up my fingers and I go play again. When I get back, uh-huh. my pinky's like swollen. Oh. And it's looked like this ever since. I don't know if it's broken or not. Sometimes every once in a while, I'll get like a sharp pain in it, like in the knuckle. Mm-hmm. But most of the times it's fine. I mean, that's so, like the most like that I can show you, you know, because like I said, right. I've never like broken anything. I've never done anything like that. But what you're saying is that you are Stephen Stone Cold Austin. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I will play through anything. <laughs> yeah. If it's still attached to me, I will continue playing. Yeah. This is ball is life, I guess. Ball is life. It will forever <laughs> be life. Yeah. I'll never get in a fight, though. No, yeah. If I if I get punched, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm like, you win, you win. You got it. <laughs> it's all you. <laughs> See, I, I don't know. I don't want to be too prideful, but I think I differ from you in that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, you know, as we introduced me last episode, I'm, I can sometimes be eager to get into a fight. No, <laughs> not a real fight, but fighting with friends, you know? Coming soon in a, in a, in a future episode. That's right. Coming soon, <laughs> a live fight between me and, and the Duke here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, man. That's all I have. Do you have anything else? Final words. Uh, final words? Not really. Y'all stay safe out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting real out in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there was some pretty gnarly, gnarly uh, injuries that we talked about, but you know, yeah. we, we, you and I don't. We, we, we're lucky. We, God <laughs> bless us. We, we don't have much to complain about, you know. So yeah. Um, that was kind of our kind of a makeshift audible episode on injuries. Um, I know we promised you that we were trying not to kind of sporadically put these out here, but if you guys kind of stayed to the end, we appreciate you guys. Um, if you kind of know any more injuries or if you have any crazy injury stories, please let us know. Give us a follow here on, on Instagram at Chilton pod, and we will see you guys next week for a new episode.